What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 11 of this season of In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am your host, Matt Thomas. It is late on a Thursday night, but whether you're catching this live with us on the stream or whether you're catching this on the podcast feed later, thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys are having a good week. I know in New Mexico, we had uh, like school closures. We had a lot of snow come in. We had when I was driving into work this morning, which was delayed. It was like 17 degrees out, which pretty cold by New Mexico standards. And there's still a lot of snow out on the ground. Now, of course, later today in traditional New Mexican fashion, the snow was all dried out and the roads were pretty much clear but in any case it was fun having that snow and uh and i'm glad we did have that hope you guys are doing well hope you guys are staying warm i hear that snow is hitting the east uh like in the boston area i have a friend out there who's telling me it's coming in um so hope you guys are staying warm out there um, in another bit of just kind of current events, shout out to Tom Brady on, I, I think it's safe to say the greatest quarterback career of all time. Maybe some would say Joe Montana still with the four and O Super Bowls, but kind of hard to argue against Tom Brady being the, not the most talented quarterback to ever do it, but having the greatest quarterback career of all time, retiring at 44 years of age. And I guess just kind of speaks to his greatness that I was pretty shocked to hear he's retiring, even though he's 44 years of age and it's, it's such an outlier to play. Um, I mean, he, he stands alone pretty much at playing at an elite level um, at 44 years of age. I don't know, still shocking to hear he's retiring, but congratulations to him on a great career. Uh, so Let's get into this. We had a big episode last week. If you missed it, go check it out on the podcast feed. Talking about the all-star starters controversy, namely Andrew Wiggins being one of those starters. And we talked about, Justin and I, that is, our top three teams in a big need for a trade. So go check that out if you missed it last week. A lot of good catch-up on current events in the NBA. We'll do the same this week. It'll be shorter format for one thing since I'm solo. For another thing, since we're just kind of in this holding pattern right now where we're we're all kind of waiting for, you know, Woj and Shams to tweet out trades that are happening. So we're we're waiting for that trade deadline. Next week, a week from tonight, will be the All-Star Starters Draft. We had the reserves announced today. We'll talk about that. Uh, We're also going to talk about a little bit of Ben Simmons drama. Hey, we haven't talked about Ben Simmons in a while, so it's, it's fair game in my opinion. And then let's also talk about when LeBron James might retire, when he should retire, et cetera. Uh, I did want to point out before we dive into a look at the standings, we had a great discussion earlier this week with Jake Udy. He is the co-author of Muggsy, My Life from a Kid in the Projects to the Godfather of Small Ball, uh, a biography of Muggsy Bogues. And who doesn't love 
some 90s basketball. Who doesn't love some Muggsy Bogues? So great conversation with him. That is on our podcast feed now. We recorded that just earlier this week. So it, it is very, very current. Um, so check that out. All right. Enough of our intro. Let's get into the standings here. Very similar picture to what Justin and I reviewed last week. The top six in the East are all very close, separated by about three and a half games from sixth place to first place. And um, you have the Bulls in first at the moment, the Heat in second, Sixers in third, Bucks fourth, Cavaliers fifth, Nets sixth. Then you have like kind of that next tier, although the Hornets are closing on the Nets with the Nets' recent losing streak. Uh, but the Hornets are at seven, Raptors at eight, Celtics at nine, Hawks in 10th. So the Hawks have climbed a little bit since last week. That covers all the teams with postseason aspirations right now. Below them in 11th are the Wizards, 12th the Knicks, and then you have the terrible teams, sorry, the Pacers, the Pistons, and the Magic to close out the Eastern Conference. Worthy of note, the Celtics are 7-3 and three in their last 10, as well as the Hawks, hence their climb in that standings a little bit there. You don't really have any teams on a huge roll um, in, in the East. You have the Raptors with a three-game win streak, the Celtics with a three-game win streak. Those are the longest win streaks right now. The West is the total opposite as far as that goes. You have the longest active win streak right now, team in number one, no stranger to our discussions of late, the Suns. Then you have the Warriors in second. They've won their last seven. You have Grizzlies in third, Jazz in fourth, Mavericks in fifth, uh, Nuggets in sixth. So you have kind of your top tier one through three, like we talked about last week. That that still remains the case. Uh, then you have your next tier four through six. Then you have Timberwolves at seven, Clippers at eight, Lakers in ninth, and then a huge drop off to the Trailblazers in 10th place. Then the Pelicans in 11th, Spurs in 12th, Kings 13th, who are not doing much better than the Thunder in 14th, and the Rockets, who are worst in the West still to this point at 15 and 36. No big surprises there. The Lakers are playing the Clippers as we speak. So that could flip their place in the standings right there. It is still somewhat shocking. Uh, in spite of my doubt of the Lakers from early on this year, it is shocking to see them in that ninth spot with a losing record to this point in the season. But again, a lot of their success is going to depend on are Anthony Davis and LeBron James healthy and ready to go in the postseason. Uh, but also, I've, I don't think they can just flip a switch all of a sudden. So you'd like to see some more dominance from the Lakers uh, in spite of LeBron James's past postseason successes and beyond. Um, you'd like to see them show that they, they can gel as a team. Um, so that's what we have for the standings. Not too different uh, from our review on that last week. So let's move on. Let's talk about our all-star reserves. You can see 
the image of the player pool if, if you're watching this live. Uh, we have our starters for the West, just as a reminder. Let me actually scroll down to the text for this. Our starters for the West, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, Stephen Curry, John Morant. So Andrew Wiggins, obviously the, the big shocker there, uh, making his first All-Star Game appearance as well as his first uh, appearance as a starter uh, in that first appearance. The reserves, which were announced tonight, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Carl Anthony Towns. I don't think there are too many surprises there in terms of the West reserves. Um, I, I do question if Draymond Green is a deserving all-star this year. I do also question that about Rudy Gobert. A little bit of that is just my own personal bias, which I will state that I don't think Rudy Gobert is fun to have in an all-star game. Uh, I, I think Donovan Mitchell is the player who is the clear all-star talent on the Utah Jazz. But nonetheless, that that's not to say Rudy Gobert doesn't bring things to the table. I just think there are more talented players that would be more fun to watch in the all-star game, I guess is my point. So those would be my two question marks there. Um, so you have three warriors in the all-star game and you have um, two Phoenix suns players. So those top two teams in the West are represented by five players total. Um, and I, I think, you know, kind of um, an honorable mention would have been in there had he not gotten hurt is Paul George of the Clippers. He he is one uh, player who is is missing from that list. This seems like an obvious addition. Also, Damian Lillard not making the all star team uh, this year. Uh, of course, it's been it's been a struggle on that team. Um. And I really, I mean, unless you're going to make a push for DeAndre Ayton being deserving of the All-Star game, like in place of Rudy Gobert, which personally I'm all for just based on uh, standings, I, you know, I would, I would rather see him in there uh, than Rudy Gobert, but that is, uh, is my own personal opinion. And I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with that. Let's uh, look at the East, which I think is a little bit more interesting in terms of possibilities and, and players um, who potentially were left out. Uh, so you see the starters there, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan are your starters that we talked about last week. Uh, I think all those make a lot of sense if Kyrie Irving were playing in more games this season. If there weren't the whole controversy with him early on, I think he is a starter on this team over Trey Young, especially given how the Hawks have disappointed in the reserves. We have Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland from the Cleveland Cavaliers, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet getting his first time all-star game nod. Uh, question marks for me in these reserves would be uh, actually Fred Van Vliet. 
Um, I, I think he is deserving, especially with that team having a little bit more success. Uh, but I, I do wonder if perhaps, uh, and, and maybe Darius Garland, uh, who's another first-time selection, maybe he's the player that should be bounced instead. But I, I think LaMelo Ball, and with how the Hornets have played, being seventh in a deep east, he he feels like someone who is missing from this list um, that, you know, it again, is just, just missing from this list um, and would have been great to have in the All-Star game, given the highlight reel that he is. So there's your All-Star reserves. Let us know what you guys think. Who is a glaring miss from this list? Um, you know, maybe that's uh, Jalen Brown from the Celtics. Maybe with the Heat having being at the top of the East right now, uh, maybe someone else from the Heat should have gotten into the reserves. Let us know what you guys think. Let's move forward. Next, we have a fun topic, sort of, I guess. Tragic comedy, a tragic comedy. Um, this is an article from ESPN.com from Ramona, Ramona Shelburne. The specter of this saga haunts Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. I want to read an excerpt from this. Here we go. Quoting the article. By all accounts, he is in great physical shape. But according to sources close to Simmons and within the Sixers organization, he continues to tell the team and those who represent him that he is not mentally ready to get back on the court again, not now and not ever in Philadelphia. It has been seven months since he asked the Sixers to explore a trade for him and nearly four months since he returned to Philadelphia. He has not meaningfully participated in a practice or even a film session since. He has just been there in body, but never in spirit. End quote. All right. Let me, before we comment on this, let me flip forward to another headline. This from <laughs> Yahoo Sports. Shaq, this is from today. Shaq says Ben Simmons angrily DM'd him after crybaby comments on NBA on TNT. Oh, man. Uh, so O'Neal said this on his The Big Podcast uh, in, in reference to Simmons DMing him after his comments. Uh, and Simmons, or I'm sorry, Shaq called Simmons a, quote, crybaby, among other critiques, while the NBA on TNT crew unveiled the 2022 NBA All-Stars on the show last week. So basically, Ben Simmons responded to Shaq calling him a crybaby by acting like a crybaby. Sorry. Um, that's all there is to it. And, you know, in terms of these comments or this, these excerpts from the Ramona Shelburne article, being in great physical shape, being able to play and not showing up, not having been there. I, I think the longer this drags out, the worse this looks for Ben Simmons and his future prospects. It's definitely killing his trade value because I think teams are going to be less and less interested on taking a chance on him. So 
you know, leveraging for a trade wise business wise, this has not been great for him. I think, um, I mean, several months ago, you could say the same thing, but especially now moving forward, he would look better if he came in and helped them go on a solid postseason run um, rather than sit the rest of the season out because he's not mentally ready. Um, you have to question when he's going to be mentally ready to play basketball and does he want to play basketball at this point? Everyone knows about the beef between he and the 76ers. It was a gamble that he took with um, Clutch Sports and, and the way they handled this after he had just signed that contract extension to have an offseason like this. And it is a gamble that has really hurt his stock in the league. And I I would assume has hurt interest in him as well. As you see in the standings, I mean, the Sixers, as we mentioned earlier, they're sitting third in the East without him. They, they've been fine. I actually, I thought they were going to slide a little bit more. That's one of the things that I've been wrong about this season. Um, So Ben Simmons, I don't know. I, I guess where I am on this, you know, between Justin and myself, Justin was a lot more on this. I have to give him credit uh, right from, from the get go way before this incident. I mean, Justin was out on Ben Simmons, didn't understand the praise he was getting. I was a little bit more lenient. I kind of liked the idea of like a, a really solid defensive talent and a guy who is willing to pass the ball kind of framed it that way in an NBA that is a lot about shooting three pointers and high volume of shooting kind of cool to see a guy who could distribute and pass. But, you know, I, I've been proven very wrong to this point, And I do wonder how Ben Simmons is going to fit into the league moving forward. I mean, is this the last significant contract that we see Ben Simmons get in the NBA? And after all this time, after all our talk and discussion on this and and everywhere you've consumed basketball media, all the discussion on Ben Simmons and what's going to happen, the answer is still nothing has happened, Uh, (laughs) which is a a pretty big disappointment. And I have to say, too, I'm I'm a little impressed with the Sixers kind of just standing their ground on this. I, I know some people. I uh, hate the way the organization has handled this, but to this point, it's it's been, um, I, I guess, kind of an anomaly the way that they've just held their ground on this and seem pretty content to just sit there. I, I imagine he gets traded this offseason, if not at the trade deadline. It, it does seem right now that it it's a little unlikely he gets traded, but we'll see what happens maybe he's itching to get back on the court more than what is being reported on this article. But I think it's fair to question his motivations as an NBA player uh, at this point, because he's been off for, you know, four months of the season. All right. Last topic. And then we're going to let you go a little bit shorter episode tonight. NBA.com asked several writers in the wake of Tom Brady retiring this past week, when will LeBron James decide to retire? I think that's an interesting question for a number of reasons. First, let's get 
let's get the first question out of the way. When should LeBron James retire? And the answer, I think, is as long as he still is a multi-dimensional type of player, as long as he can still rebound, pass, and shoot, as long as he still has that court vision, and as long as he can keep up, I don't see it harming his legacy, even if he kind of overstays um, overstays it a little bit, like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did a little bit towards the end there. Um, although, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I was not uh, watching those games at the, at the time. <laughs> I was pretty young. Um, so LeBron James has enough power that he can, of course, retire whenever he would like to. I think it makes the most sense just as long as he is still averaging you know like a 18 five and five or something like that and he he looks decent running up and down the court uh, i think i think he's fine and i think he can do that well into his 40s with his training regimen with how he takes care of himself i think that is certainly possible i don't think he's going to make it to 44 like a tom brady but i i do think well and who knows he is such a physical specimen that he could prove me wrong in that too and again we know um how intense his training regimen is how focused it is um how much focus he puts on recovery modalities and things like that so we'll see we'll see what he can do but when will lebron james decide to retire well to sum up this article for you and the the several writers opinions uh, Steve Ashburner, let me just give them a quick credit here. Mark Medina, Sean Powell, and John Schumann, and Michael C. Wright. Basically, everyone seems to agree that LeBron is going to play until he is 40 to see his son, Bronny, play his rookie season. So maybe play against each other or... Um, play on the same team together, of course, would be like the dream scenario, at least for LeBron. I don't know if, if Bronny feels the same way with regards to that, but um, that seems to be the consensus is he would play that season. That would be 22 seasons for LeBron James in the league. I think that is certainly well within the realm of possibility. Um, and LeBron from like a, a power play perspective. I mean, he, he could certainly play uh, so long as he is not hobbled by injury and uh, he will still get contract somewhere if, if he wants to continue playing. So that's not in question. Uh, he has had great moments this year. You know, you, I think you can tell the defense can be off at times. He kind of turns it on when he wants to, but the he's still piling up those statistics. He's going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time scoring record. I, I think it's very safe to say. Um, and he he's had such a phenomenal playing career that he's earned that right to kind of retire on his own terms whenever he wants. So, yes, um, not a very controversial take. I know, not a very hot take, but... I think one that makes sense. He can retire whenever he wants to, most likely. 
I do think we see him play. If Bronny makes it to the NBA, I think we get that season with LeBron and Bronny facing off against each other or playing together as teammates. We got to go, guys. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great Thursday night or Friday morning whenever you're checking this out. And we will be in touch again with another interview or back in the lab very soon. Peace.